Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Jingle All The Way, the action comedy classic Christmas movie. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad as two rival fathers. We have mattress salesman Howard Langston, played by Schwarzenegger, and postal worker Myron, played by Sinbad, both desperately trying to purchase a Turbo Man action figure for their respective sons on a last-minute shopping spree on Christmas Eve. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers, and I'm pretty sure I used the word classic correctly, didn't I, when describing this this movie? I think so. I think so. Like, this was, uh, well, 96. I'm 15? No, younger. I'm 13 at the time this movie comes out. Um. It's always one of the things I always remember about this, which didn't happen until a couple years later, was it's the only other movie I'm aware of with, with Jake Lloyd, who of course is young Anakin Skywalker in the Phantom Menace. That's right. Um but yeah, uh yeah, 1996. Uh I always thought uh this is this be, this is becomes like a legendary thing, but the whole premise of the movie, you know, it's like this this hot holiday toy item. Um, I always thought it was based on Tickle Me Elmo. On my research for this, turns out it's actually on the Cabbage Patch Dolls craze That's of right. the '80s. But this coming out in '96 for Christmas, that Christmas it replicated again with Tickle Me Elmo. Well, so it coincided, like- yeah. I mean, perfect synergy. Yeah, they mm. this movie Tickle Me Elmo happened at the same time, but they didn't know Tickle Me Elmo was going to be a thing at the time. So, with the you know how old we were when this came out, so I would have been twelve when no fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> Get the math right. I'd have been no twelve. What am I talking about? I'd have been yeah. twelve. So we were similar ages when it came out, and I remember. This movie came out. It was a thing. The next Christmas, I really wanted this movie on VHS. That's how old we are. Really wanted it on VHS. And I got it. I got it for Christmas, that following Christmas. This is a movie that has a special place in my heart. Like before this, we'd seen Arnie in different things. He'd done other comedies. It, you know, Twins, We Die in DeVito. Kindergarten Cop, I think that would have been, that was before, yeah, was before this. this yeah. So he had done some other comedies, but they were films that maybe we were watching, some would say too young, like watching Terminator, like way too yeah. young. But this is Arnie playing a family man in a PG movie. So it felt like it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger film that our parents were okay for us to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's and it's a Christmas movie. If they get Christmas movies right, this one, Home Alone, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, Elf, Will Ferrell, they get it right. Families are watching it every year. And that's what this yeah. film is for me. I watch it every single year. And this year yeah. being no different. Yeah. Uh my 
family Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It, ever since it came out in the cinema, like every year my family put that on on Christmas Eve and this year will be no different. Um, but I am also one of those I watch Die Hard at Christmas because <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. I agree. Uh, I don't but care I, what anyone says. No, I agree with you. But I just said to you off air before we hit record, this year I made a decision not to watch Die Hard, instead watch Lethal Weapon. That was my yeah. action Christmas movie choice this year. But I have already rewatched Christmas Vacation. It's just perfect. Perfect. And it's weird to think that if you're looking at the Vacation movies as a franchise, that's the third movie. You know, we've got the first one, European Vacation, then we've got Christmas. But have you seen the sequel? No, no, I've heard all about it, but... It's um, terrible. It not have, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. I used to own it on DVD. It, it was released on DVD before streaming, so years and years and years ago. And you know better. I've not seen it. To give it its full title, it is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. <laughs> that is the full title of that movie. Randy yeah. Quaid is back as Cousin Eddie. Um, no Clark Griswold, uh, no Helen. None of the other yeah. characters are back in it. He's as terrible as it sounds. But you know what? We're not doing that. We're doing this one. We're doing Jingle All the Way, a film that borrowed its title from the lyrics of the popular Christmas song, Jingle Bells. I think we can make yeah. that connection. Uh, you said already it was inspired by real-life Christmas uh, toy sellouts for such items as Cabbage Patch Kids. The film was written by Randy Cornfield. Producer Chris Columbus wrote the script, adding in elements of satire about the commercialization of Christmas, and the project was picked up by 20th Century Fox. Delays to Fox's reboot of Planet of the Apes allowed Arnie to come on board the film, while Columbus opted to cast Sinbad instead of Joe Pesci as Myron. Or Myron, that's how they pronounce it, isn't it? Myron. So yeah. that was the change uh, the change that they made there. Apparently it's something to do. I think I read somewhere that Pesci was too short. Like difference. But then Pesci's taller than DeVito, and yeah, Arnie and DeVito had made a couple of films together. But doing prep for this, this is the first time that I've seen Arnie's name linked with a Planet of the Apes movie. And I'm assuming I... it's it's the one that became the Tim Burton Mark movie Warburg. starring yeah. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. But anyway, that couldn't go at the time, so it freed Arnie up, and here he, here he is in this, uh, playing a family man. You know, I've not noticed it in the movie, but during the beginning when he's in his office and he's, he's signing those checks or whatever he's signing and he's on the phone to different people, remember yeah. you're my favourite Favorite customer. You're my number one customer. That's it. And he does it with his wife as well, which, ha, 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 Rita Wilson, that's funny. Uh, apparently, in a scene that's in the movie, Arnie accidentally signs his own name, which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I found that um, pretty fun. Uh, I mean, this movie had a very swift uh, production, which meant merchandising was limited to a replica of the Turbo Man action figure, which is used in the film. Official Turbo Man action figures have been released since, 
Tiger Electronics mm. released a 13.5-inch figure in 96. That's the original one. Uh, that did become a rare collector's item. But then in recent years, 2021, Funko released more toys based on the film, such as a replica of the action figure seen in the film, including several pop vinyl figures, including, I'm saving it for Christmas Day, there is a Jingle All The Way board game. What? And it comes with a mini Turbo Man figure. So I'm saving it. I'm not going to open it until Christmas Day. It's a board game made by Funko. But it's cool that all these years later, we're getting collectibles. I'm surprised they've not made a collectible prop of the comic, you know, the Turbo Man comic yeah. that his son's reading in the movie. Yeah, I remember when I worked in the comic book store, uh, like one year they like I want to say like 2018 2019 they did offer a turbo man action figure replica I don't know if it actually ended up coming out because it did because I've seen it in JB Hi-Fi I've seen it in yeah. other collectible stores so that they they made it yeah 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 but I remember seeing it at the time like holy crap turbo man I can't believe them producing that thing because <laughs> it seems you know, like it's uh, nearly 20 years too late. No. The 96, yeah. Yeah, like, wow. It's Man, got yeah, legs, it's, though. It's Again, it's that thing, though. Like, If you can make a good Christmas movie that people can return to, which, again, this absolutely is. A couple of weeks ago, I watched it with a wife and kids, and I've seen this yep. movie so many times. I've watched it on VHS. I've watched it on DVD. I've streamed it. I've watched it again so many times. So upon release, Jingle All The Way grossed 129.8 million worldwide, but received, get this, generally negative reviews from critics. Through the humour and Sinbad and Arnie's performances, it did receive some praise. In 2001, Fox was ordered to pay $19 million to Murray Hill Publishing for stealing the idea for the film. The verdict was overturned three years later. Jingle Yuck. All The Way is the third and final collaboration between Sinbad and Phil Hartman after Coneheads in 93 and Houseguest in 95, and the last film featuring Hartman to be released during his lifetime before his death in 98. In yeah. 2014, the film was followed by a sequel in name only. Yeah. Have you seen that sequel? No, I heard it came out, and I'm like, it hasn't even it hasn't got anyone attached to it, like from the original. Why would I watch it? It's called Jingle All the Way Two, and it stars Larry the Cable Guy. Listen, if Arnie's not available, Larry the Cable Guy is the obvious Obviously. choice. But this, like Jingle All the Way, is available on Disney Plus. It's a young girl that wants a teddy bear for Christmas. I watched it with my youngest, and she likes it. But I think it's because the, a little girl is, is the focus. I have seen the sequel. This film I've seen between 10 and 15 times easy. The sequel, yeah. once, and I shall never, yeah. ever watch it <laughs> again. Uh, but going back to the box office on this movie, $129.8 Budget, $25 million. 
But just so you Cha-ching. know, cha-ching, <laughs> but just so you know, right, of that 75 million, 20 million was Arnie. That's how yeah. much they paid him for this movie. Because this is 90s Arnie. This is yeah. not Arnie now. You know, yeah. I mean, this was 96. In 91, is... Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And from that, from around that time, you had. He was pumping out movies like crazy around here. You had um you had uh was it sixth the sixth day, uh end of days, eraser. Like I, I, I think erase, on on. I think erase was 95. This is yeah. definitely though when he started to slow down a little bit before he stopped acting yeah. for a while. Yeah. But collateral damage bef- yeah. was after this. But you're looking but this is 96, so I reckon between Conan was before Terminator, but I really, I think, I think it's Terminator. Yes, you know, the Conan film, the first one really got him noticed. Conan the Barbarian, which was maybe 82, 83, 84, though, to the mid 90s, he's on fire. He's yeah. huge. Like he yeah. could not miss whether it was action, sci fi, total recall. But I think after this movie, late 90s, is when things started to change a little bit for him. But this is back when he was getting 20 million to do. Yeah. To Which do was his standard fee at the time. Like only he and like two other people at the time were getting that kind of uh, money thrown their way. They, they were the three biggest guys. Um, so I'm not, I'm not surprised at how much he got paid. Um, but speaking of Phil Hartman, it wasn't really until this I'd always noticed it, like uh, that he was because it's a, a thing that pops up in the movie. So even the first time you watch it, you know he's into uh, Rita Wilson, who's of course Arnie's wife. Uh, but it wasn't until the, watching it this time that I noticed he's clearly like the ladies' man of the neighbor uh, of the neighborhood. The other ones the other like him, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, huh. I can't believe I didn't notice it until this rewatch. Like, oh, right. Yeah, don't they generally like him. Yeah, he's, like, you know. I they... think I've got the two for the jab. And you're like, <laughs> oh, man, it's so sleazy and, over, and, like, it's so obvious. How did I miss it up until now? Honestly, for this yeah. viewing, watch it for Family Night with the kids and with the wife. And it was mainly to do with Phil Hartman's character. And my wife's looking at me and I'm like, it's a PG film from the nineties. It was, yeah. it was different yeah. back then. But Phil Hartman, he's great in this. He is yeah. really great. He's so so good. Have you watched So I Married an Axe Murderer? Mike Myers. Yes. I love that film. His cameo in that film is just hilarious. He's the prison guard at Alcatraz, and you've got <laughs> Mike Myers. And he's doing the tour, and he's like, "My name is John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky." <laughs> it's, like, it's just yeah. ridiculous, makes no sense. And hi, I'm Troy McClaw. And then all the work yeah. that he did on SNL, like various other films throughout the years. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, of course, we've got Arnie as Sinbad, like they're the leads. Yeah, Bill Hartman as Ted Maitland. He is adding so much to this. He's absolutely fantastic. And just that dialogue exchange that he has 
with Howard. So after Howard is caught breaking into his house, Ted says, you can't bench press your way out of this one. That feels <laughs> like an ad lib. <laughs> it really does. And of course, that's referring to Arnie's years professionally bodybuilding. But it absolutely, there's so many moments. And apparently there's times where him and Arnie were ad-libbing together. I guess that would be an example of that. But it's, oh man, this movie has got so much going for it. The the director, Brian Levant, so I do recognise his name. For me, I recognise him from the live-action Flintstones movie that came out in 94, but then in 91, he did Problem Child 2. He did the first Beethoven movie in 92. Of course, he did this movie in 96. He did the Flintstones prequel movie, Viva Rock Vegas in 2000, which is a yeah. weird one. They didn't get the cast back. Instead of John Goodman, they cast Mark Haddy. Instead yeah, of and then Moranis, got... It was one of the Baldwin brothers. I think Daniel yeah, Baldwin. Steven. Oh, Stephen, that's right. There's so many of them. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, I remember because I remember the interview for when it came out. And he's like, when he got offered the role, he's like, Barney Rumble, can I even do the laugh? And like, he's like, he said, he you know, looked at himself in the mirror and he's like, and he pulled the laugh off. He goes, I guess I can play that character. And that's why he <laughs> turned up to the audition. That's <laughs> because of God. If I can't do the laugh, I'm not even going to turn up. I mean, it, I've only seen the prequel once, and I actually watched it earlier this year, and it's okay. But I do have a soft spot for Flintstones in 94. Like, I remember the film coming out. It was a big deal. I think McDonald's were giving toys away with Happy Meals. Yeah. I had the trading cards. Really liked that film. Like The production value on that film is incredible, how they built Bedrock. And then just all the yeah. small touches – like Tar Wars showing at the cinema. Yeah. And the opening, it was produced by Steven Spielberg, but credited as um, Steven Spielrock. It's fun. I, I like it. So he did that, and then he went on to do Snow Dogs, which I think was Cuba Gooding Jr. Disney. Yeah, so that's a big, that was actually a big Disney movie. When it first came out. So that was 2002. Are we there yet? 05, Ice Cube. Yeah. The Spy Next Door, 2010 with Jackie Chan. Yeah. And then he's kind of gone. I think maybe he's doing some TV. But for a while, yeah. like he had a good run there where yeah. he was doing some, some big movies. Uh, okay, back to the character of Howard Langston, the Arnie character. So talking about how Arnie was paid $20 million for the role, they also considered, if not Arnie, Tim Allen. That would have saved them some money. There's no way they're giving Tim Allen $20 million in 1996. No, I mean, home improvement was big, but he hadn't proved himself at the cinema yet. Um, well, so, well, he, did, he, he well, was he also... He'd no, done the Santa, the Santa Claus. Claus in 94. Yeah, but but not as an action guy. Like No, no. We got that with I mean, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. I oh, love I love that so film. Much. Yeah. That's like um, one of the best movies of, ever made. <laughs> yeah. So you the music for this, David Newman, who was the composer on Galaxy Quest. Oh, right. So you got oh, some good connective tissue. Yeah. So I understand like why they've gone for him. He's also worked on a bunch of the uh the other film with Brian Levant. So 
probably one of the reason another reason they got him for this was because yeah. they had a working relationship and that's beforehand. it i mean yeah two years earlier they'd done the flintstones but then he also did the note professor same year as this with eddie murphy he did mighty ducks emilio estevez throw mammoth on the train billy crystal danny yeah. devito i love that film that is such a good dark comedy uh he's yeah he's done heaps he did matilda same year as this actually the roald dahl adaption with diane devito yeah uh, he's been working working a lot i always like the uh the more santa scene with jim belushi you know he's there um, oh that's he's great like, they, he, they, he's like i can get you a turbo man they go to like what's obviously a, like a black market like knockoff operation they've got going on and has to fight his way out but uh, i've always liked it uh the big show uh wwe wrestler is the huge oh, he's, santa he's the big santa i know it's the he has to fight it's the shortest santa it's Vern troyer in an uncredited yeah. role that yeah. whole sequence is fantastic when they're all piling on howard it reminded me of commando you know, he's in the yeah. shopping mall. All security guards are jumping on top of him. John Matrix yeah. throws them off. That yeah, yeah. that's um, that is a really a really fun sequence. But do you know what does bug me about this movie? And I'm talking about a movie that I clearly love, and it's not <laughs> the movie's fault. Home media covers have Howard dressed in a Santa suit, and he never yeah, they do wears yeah. a Santa suit. In the course of the film, I'm talking Apple movies, Disney Plus. I have this film. I don't have my original VHS, which had the theatrical, uh, a variation of the theatrical posters to cover, where it's him reaching for the Turbo Man, Sinbad's on there. Yeah. There's a crowd. But the DVD that I have, which I bought here in Australia, has Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing a Santa suit. It pisses me off. Yeah, it's like we all know it's a Christmas film. Yeah, it's in the title for crying out loud. <laughs> it's jingle all the way. Yeah, that does bother yeah. me a lot. But I guess they've gone. There's that scene with all the Santas. Let's just dress Arnie up as a as a Santa. I hate it. I hate it with a yeah. passion. That's that's how they've marketed it because it doesn't happen. And then when you've got the Larry the Cable Guy movie, I can't remember if I'm honest, if he dresses up in a Santa suit or not, regardless. On the cover of the movie, DVD, Disney Plus, he's dressed as Santa. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Unacceptable. It really does piss me off a lot, probably yeah. <laughs> more than it should, because I generally like the marketing, the posters for this movie, and it's just yeah. disappeared. They don't really, don't really use it at all you know there's one quote from this movie of arnie and in fact there's a couple of quotes really but one in particular that i love with every viewing put that cookie down now it's yeah so... i say that a lot myself <laughs> it's just such a good line and yeah. but it's a good line because arnie's saying it and just yeah. the emphasis that he puts on the word now the frustration yeah. when he calls his home phone and his wife's going upstairs to have a shower and and instead of her picking up the phone, instead it's Ted, and he's like yeah. she's in the shower. Do you want me to go and get her? No. And yeah. 
I love that rivalry between them two and the fact that Ted doesn't seem to notice, but Howard really, really hates him. Like, why is he on our roof? Why? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really enjoy all of that. You mentioned Jake Lloyd earlier. Obviously, it's a Star Wars connection. He's bloody good in this. Kids yeah. can really make or break a film like this. And the dynamic between him and his dad, like, oh, man, he's, he's good. Like, he's really really good in this movie is jamie yeah um and uh ted's son billy uh annoying he's like the uh the friend who his dad's like making up for like being getting divorced by spoiling him so he's a bit insufferable and i'm like oh i knew kids like that growing up absolutely uh, maybe may yeah <laughs> So I, I, that I relate to. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 it only gets worse as I get older, like seeing these spoiled kids. I'm like, hell, I spoil my nephews. But if, like, not to that degree of where they're spoiled. Like, in fact, you can't get them to take stuff. I'm like, oh, 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 I like this shirt. I, I could do with this. I'm like, oh, put it, I'll put, buy it for you. Oh, no, don't do that. I'm like, what? What is wrong with you, kid? Yeah, so I. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I. So, I knew kids like this as well. You'd go to their house. It's like, oh, cool. You've got the new Batcave. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got all like, the yeah, new... I, I begged for, yeah, I begged for that for Christmas and I didn't get and it. You I have it. That's a... Yeah. Oh, look, you've got the Batmobile from Batman Animated Series. I'm really happy for you. Anyway, <laughs> we knew kids <laughs> like that. Um, what never gets old for me is every interaction between Howard and Officer Alexander Hummel played by Robert yeah. Conrad, this cop. He's just fantastic at every turn. He's hitting his motorbike. He's spilling his coffee. It's it's fun. Like, I guess, you know, going back to what I said before, it's a PG from the 90s. It's a bit more risque. I mean, Jurassic Park in 93 was a PG. Yeah. It wouldn't be today, but there's things that they can get, get away with. And just the humour. Yeah, I like... I like all of that. You mentioned Jim Belushi. That was fun seeing him and Arnie together. They first worked together in Red Heat in 1988. And then I can't remember where he is, but apparently Belushi is in Last Action Hero in Night 3. Maybe I think is it at the end? He's one of the guys. He's I think he's I think he's one of the cops in the world because he was had the uh a that cop movie in uh in the eighties. Um maybe it was his red heat character actually. Well actually uh, playing I, his red heat character in yeah. last I mean we did a full review. I think we talked for about an hour about last section hero <laughs> when we did our review. But okay, I think we've probably covered that already. But I would just see it in my notes here. I think, oh okay, okay. But but that's the the stronger connection though. Red Heat, that movie they did together yeah. in 88. Uh, the character of Booster, or how he's portrayed as a chain-smoking character played by <laughs> Curtis Armstrong. But what I didn't know is that Gilbert Gottfried was originally cast to play Booster, so that was during the Wintertainment parade scene, but decided instead to pursue other projects, and he was replaced by Curtis Armstrong. But it was director Brian Levant who instructed Armstrong to do a loose impression 
of Gottfried for the role. And it wasn't until reading that, and it's like, ah, that is what they're doing. That is what yeah. Booster sounds like. I mean, is that a yeah. loose impression or is that an impression? It does sound just like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's I I, I thought it was it was uh Axe Not from like Revenge of the Nerds, but I'm like, no, it's not. It's just with like you said, it's a Gilbert Godfrey thing. So with that anger and that chain smoking thing, it just for some reason it had like morphed in my head to like something uh, someone else. But yeah, that's that makes complete sense. Uh the humor, the like, you know, all the other stuff. And then what I love is you know uh, when he gets knocked off the float by Sinbad, and then he gets like beat out, kicked by a bunch of little kids, like you suck, Booster. No one <laughs> yeah. likes you. I'm like, nobody likes you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's always but we've that all been there, character. Yeah, we've all been there. Like, there's a particular toy that we want. You go to the store. They've got other characters in the line that you're after, but not the particular character. So you get the frustration. Like, we've got Booster. Yeah. Nobody likes Booster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah, it's like always wanting like Starscream as a kid, but all those toy stores, they only ever had like Thundercracker or something. It's like, that's not the jet I want. I want <laughs> Starscream. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the costume then. So Turbo Man's red suit was modeled after the Flash, which is pretty cool. I mean, uh, he's in all red and he's got the yellow or he's got the, the gold to so the. Yeah, yeah, the red and yellow design. makes sense. Also, his name is Turbo, like fast, like Turbo Man, like fast man. I get that. Do you know what his original name was? And it wasn't Turbo Man. Turbo Tom. Turbo Tom. That's (laughs) Turbo Tom. I mean, that might be made up. I read it on IMDb, but I'm going to run with it. But Turbo Man was originally Turbo Tom. I mean, this movie is just wish fulfillment isn't it you're a kid you've got this toy that you want and then the hero turns up and it's your dad and not only that he's got a working suit like the the jetpack works and he's like turbo discs the boomerang all of it ah man it is it is so much so much fun you know i do enjoy the interactions between howard and the reindeer which is is fun and a a puppet was used for the close-up shot of the reindeer groaning when howard punches it in the face which for (laughs) modern audiences bit aggressive but it was okay it was the 90s and then again for the close-up shot of the reindeer burping when howard gives it a beer again yeah the 90s it's okay yeah (laughs) yeah but also I grew up uh, like uh, my dad from time to time would give out dog beer. So it didn't seem anything weird to me. And I also, even as a kid, when he punch- knocks the reindeer out with a punch, it reminded me of Conan the Barbarian when he's drunk and he punches the camel and knocks it out. So I'm like, ah, it's like a, like a little callback. And that's it. In 82, I was earlier saying it was 82, 83. It was 82. Yeah. Conan. So yeah, yeah he just, he does uh, references that. Did you know there's an extra scene after the end credits? What? No. I didn't know this for the longest time. And that scene was written to set the stage for a possible sequel. The after credit scene featured Howard's wife asking him 
what he got her for Christmas? The answer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Nothing, because his yeah. focus was on was on Jamie. For some reason, though, the extra scene after the end credits was omitted from the New Zealand VHS release. But I guess they can watch it on Disney Plus now. But it was great though, and that was the that was the ending. You know, Liz, she's like Howard. I've been thinking after everything you went through today for Jamie really shows how much you love him. And, you know, Howard's nodding and she then says, and if you're willing to go through all of that for him, just for a present, well, that just makes me wonder. And then he's like, what? And she smiles. What did you get me? And then the camera crash zooms to Howard with a look of horror on his face. Do you know what? I feel like that sequel writes itself. Missed opportunity. Like, Oh, that could have been really cool. Instead, we get Larry the Cable Guy years later. But back then, you were thinking sequel. But I honestly thought, like, you know, putting a scene at the end was a much more newer thing. But back in 97, they were doing it with with this movie. Yeah, wild, wild. But all right, jingle all the way, if you're going to rate it out of five. I do have a soft spot for it. Um, being one of the movies I watched as a kid for Christmas, or at least as a teenager, I do think the comedy works, the slapstick nature. Uh, I even think his costume has aged pretty well, especially as a comic book costume from the 90s. Uh, I'm going to come in at a a four out of five. Um, for a Christmas movie, something that you can watch with a family, uh, it, it works quite well. Um, I, I and it it nineties Christmas movies. Um, they they just seem to know how to produce them. I don't know what it was about that decade, but yeah, um, I, I I like it. I definitely recommend it. How about yourself? What you just said there about Christmas films in the nineties: The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street with Richard Attenborough. Yeah, yeah, great, great films. Christmas films in the nineties. The enjoyment and the repeat viewing I get out of this movie, it he's not a five. I'm not going to be crazy here. <laughs> My personal enjoyment, like I watch it every year and I love it every single time and I laugh out loud every single time. But I'm going to be sensible, like yourself. I'm going to come in at a four out of five. But this is a very good film. And it was just a great pairing of being a family movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger superheroes christmas so it's like it felt like it was just tailor-made for me so again like when i got it on vhs that following christmas i was so excited and yeah i love it i absolutely love this movie and that's why i refer to it being a classic in the in the intro there yeah well that's it for our episode all about jingle all the way if you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon. <laughs>